0: Hello, everyone, paranormalists, fringe dwellers, my fellow travelers on the road to and from the strange and unusual. Welcome to Paranormal Tower. Come on up, sit down, relax, get comfortable. I have a story to tell you. This week, a tropical storm blew through New Jersey. The wind was remarkably strong, bending trees and breaking so many of them. But we're not strangers to bad storms here. So wind and rain, and even an almighty crack of thunder with a bolt of lightning that splits the sky is gonna send a thrill up our spines, not a chill. But the wind was impressive. I am built for cooler climbs. And the heat of the summer is the bane of my existence. I love the ocean, but the beach is a chore. And unless it's at night, bathed in a cold, relentless room, I cannot tolerate it. So the wind, while it was ferocious and entertaining, was problematic to me because it caused a major power outage. My house is a large historic home, built in pieces and stitched together by the tastes and the aspirations of others in bygone eras. It was moved from its rather humble birthplace as a small outbuilding of a large estate possibly a stable to a more robust position as the library and drawing room of that estate to finally a place of its own several miles away on a tract of land that was once part of the original land grant of the king to the colonists in the 17th century. Over the years We've had strange occurrences, little moments that seem to reinforce the idea that we're not alone in the house. Nothing has ever put my cackles up, but a few things have unnerved me. I'm not easy to frighten, but I'm not easy to convince either. The first night we moved in here, we were exhausted. The move had not been far, but it had been long, you know what I mean. No, no, not there, over there. Where did they put the blah-blah-blah, that kind of stuff. And it would likely go on for months. But the first night, well, you want to make it as right as much as you can. You want to wake up the next morning feeling like it's home. The cable had not yet been hooked up, and we had no internet. And so when I could not sleep, I set about pulling things out of the kitchen boxes, trying to store them until I realized that I was likely keeping everyone in the house up and decided to find a DVD. It was 10 years ago. And watch something in the basement where the only TV was set up. As I said, the house is big, much larger than the house we had left. And it was a winding, weird house with little secret passages and such. A Franken house, if you will. Truth be told, it's one of the reasons why we love it. The house is interesting. It had become, it had grown into what it was. It didn't slide off the paper with an architect's blessing. Life and change and growth had made it what it was and its weirdness matched ours. The second I walked into it, I knew that it was my home. It looked nothing like what I said I wanted in a home and yet it was my home. It sits upon a hill shrouded from the road by old growth trees of huge size and age, and so we called it Library Hill. We still do, and now so do our friends. It started as a joke, but it's become something more. The house truly seems to have a life of its own. Each Halloween, we have a massive Halloween party, and I decorate the property with vignettes of its ghosts. Over time, I've come to think that some of them really are here after all the first night however i had no such thoughts i was exhausted but couldn't sleep and i was in the basement watching zoolander i had settled upon that movie because it was hilarious and because it was already in the blu-ray player on my way to the basement i had walked through the first floor of the house and shut off all the lights The size of the home would make it difficult to keep track of such things without being careful, and I had assumed that someone had simply forgotten to hit the light in the front hallway. A friend was staying over. A true friend. A friend who offered to help when you're moving. She was in one of the guest rooms and had fallen asleep as soon as her head had hit the pillow. She'd always had that ability or gift. A police officer in the Bronx and a former MP during Desert Storm, stationed in Saudi Arabia... She relied on her instincts and her training. I tell you this because of what occurred later. After about an hour, I decided I could sleep, and I left the basement to go to the master bedroom. As I walked through the unfamiliar floor plan, I noticed a light on in the front hall. The light was the same light that I had shut off an hour ago. The light required an actual switch, and this was years before the smart home kick made lights and TVs responsive to our wishes and voices. I knew I had shut it off, so I assumed that someone had woken and wandered about and left it on. Weird, but what else made any sense? I went to bed and slept soundly for about five hours. That's way more than usual, so when I got up at 8 a.m., I was thrilled. I went downstairs and started to pull the kitchen apart to make coffee. Priorities are priorities, and coffee is the priority. I was carefulish not to make a lot of noise, but I was not that worried because the house is designed in such a way that one does not hear what happens on one end in the other. Still, it was early. Suddenly our friends, I'll call her Patricia, came barreling into the kitchen, fully clothed, shoes in hand, and sat on the bench saying, I'm up, I'm up, as if in a hurry. Patricia and I were childhood friends and had known each other for 30 years at that point. Our childhood roles with each other had never deviated and had lasted into adulthood, and I was the sarcastic one. Yeah, I see that, I said, coffee pot in hand, looking at her quizzically. She looked at me, annoyed, and said, so what's the rush? To which I shrugged, I don't know, Pat, what's the rush? I had no idea what she was talking about, and she clearly believed that I should. Why did you wake me up if you didn't have something for me to do? She asked about exasperatedly as she was capable of being. I just stared at her, saying nothing at first, and then finally, What do you mean? I didn't wake you. She snorted at first, as if she thought I was pulling her leg, waiting me out for the big gotcha, the big reveal, which, let's face it, would not have been a great joke in the first place, hardly of the caliber expected of me, but also not really a joke at all. "'Do you mean the noise I was making?' I asked, shaking the coffee pot for emphasis before I went to the sink to fill it. Watching me, her eyes kind of glazed over and she frowned. "'No, you you came into my room and told me to get up.' She wasn't looking at me anymore. She was looking at the ground as if sorting out a puzzle in her head. "'Huh?' I asked loudly and a little forcefully. "'I did not go into your room. I would never wake you up.' And she knew that was true." It would be rude to do so to a guest, and I never would. I would never, ever do that. Never mind waking her up. I would never go near her room, and I would never go in without her opening the door to me. It's just not done. I could tell she was really unnerved and uncomfortable and a little worried. Yeah, it it was weird, I thought, but you came in and sat down on the bed and said, it's time to get up. You were in a blue robe and your hair was wet, like you'd just gotten out of the shower. And I said, okay, coming, and you said hurry. All I could do was blink. I mean, she was my oldest friend, not at all given to flights of fancy. She believed her own eyes and that's about it. She knew my interest in the paranormal and she respected me, but there was not one cell of her being that shared that interest. In addition, there I was in sweatpants and a sweatshirt, hair wrangled into a ponytail and no evidence of a shower. And I could see her brain trying to sort it out. You must have dreamt it, I said, and she nodded. But I could tell it wasn't enough. Kath, I I saw you. I didn't have my glasses on, so you were blurry. If I was dreaming, you would have been clear. I was already awake because I felt something jump on the bed and I thought it was my cat. And it took me a moment to remember where I was. And then I looked over at where I thought the cat would be, and I saw you sitting there on the edge of the bed. We both knew we were going to have to accept what she had seen was what she had seen. I was willing to let it be a dream, but I don't think she was ever comfortable with that answer. After that, many people had experiences in that room and elsewhere, including Patricia, but those are for another time. The house itself seems to have a schedule. There are times when you walk through the older parts of the house where it feels like you're interrupting or intruding almost it's never threatening or negative and in fact it often feels protective i've been sick on more than one occasion where i've felt a comforting hand on my brow people have seen things i've seen things but it's hard in your own home to announce to the world that there are spirits present particularly when you do what i do for a living no one wants to be doubted and have their character questioned It took a lot for me to not care and to share what we were experiencing. Not because it was scary, because it wasn't, but because it might seem convenient. There have been sightings all over the grounds and several sightings in the house. Not too many to count, but too many to mention. A man has been seen outside, a woman inside, and more recently, a man in the house as well. I have no idea who they might be or if they're all the same. I do, however, have an inkling, and as time has gone by, I think my work has seeped into my home. And I'm okay with it. Last night, however, was the first overt experience I had to support that theory. As I mentioned, it was hot and humid, and the storm had left already, but it left us in this soupy mess of sweltering heat, full moon power, and no electricity. I could find no place comfortable to get some rest, despite the fact that I was exhausted from having not slept the night before. The only place left open for me to try was the drawing room. And although it's pretentiously named, the drawing room is a comfortable and even cozy room. It has a fireplace and a comfy couch, but it's large and it's old and it's part of the history of the house. One can easily imagine men smoking cigars and drinking brandy while women sipped sherry and played bridge. The house is not so old as harpsichord concerts, but it has the feeling of land or oil or steel industrialists. For us, it's the fireplace room and where we put our Christmas tree, and we rarely spend time there in the summer. Last night, it was my harbor of last refuge as the generator kicked on just enough to keep the AC in this portion of the house operational. That made my decision for me. I rarely am alone in this room. If I am, my dogs follow me for a bit, but they never stay long. There's something not ours about it. It's not unwelcoming. In fact, it's, it's a, it feels like there's an invitation to it, as if it's not ours to just use, but we can do so by permission. Last night, I did not wait for an invitation, but in my grumpiness and exhaustion, I simply fell onto the couch and tried to find a comfortable pose to sleep. It should come as no surprise to you that I'm a pain in the ass when it comes to such things. I need a fan, I need darkness, I need this pillow, I need this place, and blah 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 blah. Yet last night I fell asleep as I landed and for about three hours stayed in the same position, despite the heat and humidity. It was at four a m that I felt a shift, an almost literal shift that jarred me awake. I thought for a moment that the house had jumped or the generator had caused a loud bang. But as I sat up, I could hear nothing and felt no further movement. Instead, out of the corner of my eye, I saw a shape, not quite a figure, and it appeared to be glowing. When I say glowing, I mean the way we all do in the full moonlight. When moonlight hits us straight on and whatever there is in us that illuminates, our flesh, our spirits, our immortality, whatever it is that causes that slight white aura, that's what I saw except the figure seemed made of it rather than enveloped in it. I turned to see more fully, and for a split second I saw the figure of a man standing by my piano eight to ten feet from me, slightly larger than normal, and by that I mean disproportionately large for the room, not simply taller or wider, but as if all of him was too large for the room by a fraction. I saw enough of him to see that he was wearing an open jacket and a white shirt, as if Caught at his toilette, and he had dark hair just past his ears. He had a beard, and if I were to give his age, it would be no more than fifty, no less than forty and He looked absolutely astonished and then the light took off like a shot. I mean it zoomed off it didn't shut off or go out. I could even see a slight trail of it. I sat still for a moment, not frightened in the slightest, but certainly confused i mean. How much of what I saw was real? How much was still sleep or dreams? None of it felt intangible. In fact, the moonbeam that was coming through the window seemed to show a disturbance in the dust as if something had rushed through it in a huff. And yet I have to ask, had I seen the moonlight and manufactured the man? I cannot say what is real and what was dream. I know what I felt felt real and it it all felt real but what has changed in my home we're doing a major renovation and I know that people always say that when you do that it kicks up or starts activity is that it is it that I'm not familiar with the room and being in the strange room I saw something that's always there was it the storm or or is it me over the course of time, have I changed? Is that the shift? Perhaps that is what required, a shift within. These walls house the memories of over a century of lives, and at this point, mine own included. Is that what has changed? Perhaps it is. In the upcoming weeks and months, I'm gonna spend some time investigating this home. I'm gonna spend some time seeing if I can't communicate or validate the experiences that people are having within my own home. I'm going to start telling the stories of Library Hill. You have been listening to Paranormal Tower with me, Kathy Kelly. Remember, Paranormal Tower is a real place in Asbury Park's historic downtown district, and you can visit it and come in contact with a lot of the artifacts that we talk about in our podcast. If you're enjoying this podcast, first of all, thank you so much for your time and for your consideration. It would be a huge help to us if you could give us a five-star review. And if you could share information about our podcast on any of your social media accounts, you can also follow us on social media at Paranormal Tower on Facebook, at Paranormal Tower on Instagram, and at Paranormal NJ on Twitter. If you have a story that you'd like to share with us, and believe me, I would love to hear any of your stories, please feel free to give us a call at 732. 732- 737 9212. That's a special hotline specifically for stories of the paranormal. And you can also send us an email to mystoryparanormaltower.com. You can also visit us online at paranormaltower.com or www.paranormalbooksnj.com. Remember, guys, we're really here. We do this 24 7. We love to hear from you. And this is the stuff that we love as much as you do. And so until we meet again, remember, keep your eyes, your ears, but most importantly, your mind wide open.